I like looking at like the board that you mix stuff on and just seeing the colorful Try little it. sounders. It, it makes it so fun, right? It Can makes it look like a DJ. This? We're yeah. like, doom, 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 get, get the mic. Doom, we got doom, Trey. Doom, just... doom, doom, doom. Oh yeah. Sit down here? Ah. Oh. You guys oh. Not... No one's focused. I'm trying to get a microphone. Uh, We're vibing. <laughs> We're getting after it over here. You children, you don't know how to act. You just caught us. We just got done with a week of work. Trey's hopped up on coffee and God knows what. What is happening? I'm the only adult in the room. If you're the only adult in the room, there are no adults in the room. Let's be clear about How that. How dare you? Yeah, this I, is her I'm podcast. Kind of, I'm kind of here for that Yo, right now. Do you want to sit? You no, want to I want to stand. I've been sitting for four bleeping you're hours. Right. Trey Wingo, Mike Olick Jr., Matt Israel with the with the DJ booth over here. And we're in uh, Radio Row. Yeah. Are we in it or are we at it? Uh, we're, we're, we are it. We are <laughs> it. <laughs> we are Radio It is us. We are it. Yeah. Uh... Did you both talk to, to Aaron Donald yesterday? Was that a conversation? Yeah. How yeah. did that go? You know, he, <laughs> it, it worked. It, I'm glad we had a long segment because he started out, he wasn't real talkative, and then we got him going a little bit, then he was great. But oh, it, yeah. it took a while. It's like, Aaron, have some confidence. Like, you're the killer of all worlds. Right. You're the destroyer of universes. He's the Be confident, radio dude. Well, Be confident. And I, I, I learned everything I needed to know about Aaron Donald that I didn't already get up close and personal when he, you know, did what Aaron Donald does to offensive linemen against me in college. Right. But when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes and he said after we played them and it's a shootout and all that, he goes, I saw Patrick Mahomes kind of hanging his head after the game. And he said, I walked over him and he goes, I don't do that after games. Yeah. And he goes, I walked over to him and I told him, hey, you got nothing to hang your head about. You're a hell of a player. He's, and when he said, he's like, I don't do that. Like most guys, when the game's over, you're looking, it's a couple of daps, it's a great right. game, all that stuff. That guy is such a hyper competitor that he's like, nah, I'm not even letting my guard down then. You're not, you're just no kindness. Yeah. The thing is, he's such a nice guy. Like we see him, he doesn't even realize when he horses around with the guys and he mm. like puts people in a chokehold as like a joke. Yeah. They're like, they, they literally don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've lost players okay, over the years. The funny thing about it, lost a lot of good men out there. After he left us, he went and did an interview somewhere, and he was leaving at the same time Derrick Henry was coming on, and they hugged, and I'm like, if you saw those two next to each other, you'd say, Henry is the defensive tackle, and Donald is the running back. Yes, yeah. I know. He He's smaller, but then he has abs. The muscles. There's so yeah. many abs. So many muscles. That's a very small club, by the way. Defensive lineman with abs. Correct. It's, it's, a, it's a club of one. It's, it, it's the name is the Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald club, club is what it is. Was there anything that surprised you other than him catching a Snickers? I believe there were, there were candy bars yeah. in, in that event. Um, the only thing that surprised me was literally how soft-spoken he was. Because, you know, he does this act and he blows the kisses yeah, and he does all this adorable. stuff. It ju but it just proves to you, when you cross that white line from the sidelines to the playing surface, you are a different animal. It's, yes. it's a totally different deal. And that's why I have so much respect for people that played, because I never played past eighth grade. <laughs> but, like, the things that you – you have to accept that things that you would not do on one side of that line – are completely acceptable on the other line and in no way acceptable on the other side of that line. And to be able to toggle back and forth like that, 
might be the rarest skill set known to man. And it's just interesting because you can tell it's always lurking under the service. And I think that was the, the good reminder, though. So many guys, and you hear everyone's approach to the offseason is different. Well, you know, especially you know guys getting up there, guys who have already accomplished a lot. Well, I take a couple of weeks here or a month with my family, and I go and I get away from football. Aaron's like, I have a hard time taking a week off. Like, yeah. I don't want to lose what I've got. He is constantly sharpening the blade. And I think that's when you realize that someone that a is accomplishing blade, though, it, that they were real knives. To be clear, they were not real. It was not a <laughs> real sta- real stabby McStaberson there. But when you are constantly sharpening the blade like that, you realize that, like, all of that success that we see is forged in the darkness, and it is terrifying. I'm sorry, but I'm going to name a new set of, uh, like, a knife set, stabby McStaberson. Listen, after the whole Bodie McBoatface thing, I can't let it go. What a great way to name things. Stabby McStabface. That sounds like the next Netflix documentary, right? I mean, coming up next, part three of Stabby McStabface. (laughs) What what else is going on around the Super Bowl? Anything that I should know about that Rams fans, did you – are you hoping to see other guys come through – at yeah, all. look, um, well, I, as, a, as a Rams fan, and we talked about this with, with Aaron, like, they spent a lot of draft capital uh, over the last few years. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, was, I was pleased to what he had to say about Jalen Ramsey, you know, and the, how well he thought he fit in. And obviously the goal is to make sure he's there long term. But um, it's just so weird, right? You would have bet a large amount of money with the way things went last year that the Rams would be fine. And now we're talking about them arguably being in the toughest division in football. You know, with the Seahawks and the 49ers, and obviously the Rams have been there before. They had been, it had been their eminent domain for like three years, yeah. and all of a sudden, my gosh, it can turn so quickly in that division. And we, the Rams played really well against those divisional they rivals. Did. I mean, and I'll, not to knock the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think their record actually reflects how good they are. However, the Seahawks game was like just a kick away. The, the, that last 49ers game that pretty much put them in the Super Bowl and put the Rams out with a winning record, the only team with a winning record to not make a playoff game. The Rams played really well in a very tough division. Uh, the, this division is the testament to one of the biggest football cliches. People always say, this is an 8-8 league where you're yeah. a play away from you look at four games one way yeah. or the other. Right. And, and so I, I think it's interesting, but it's a reminder that it can change that quick, right? And Sean McVay was all of the things that we're talking about Kyle Shanahan as being now two years ago. He was the new one on the scene. It was an offense that had a lot of the same principles because all of these guys coach together and know each other. And so it's a reminder as we look at it and say, well, they're not going to have a lot of this draft capital. They've got all these restrictions. Is Well, they've also got a guy who's part of this kind of young NFL brain trust that we believe and we've seen from Kyle Shanahan can adjust and can improve the parts that were deficient for them. The one thing that disappointed me about Aaron Donald, really, and, and I, we talked about this on the air, and I, I hope he never does this again, he showed up for training camp. I mean, dude, you won back-to-back defensive player of and the year <laughs> without a single preseason snap or even a practice snap. Why did you go if to training camp broke, this year? don't fix yeah, it. Like every, he should be the hero of every player in the league. Wait a minute, I don't have to do all these off-season workouts? I don't have to? And I can still dominate like yeah. nobody else? Yeah. That man should be their god. Yeah. People should worship Aaron Donald because of that. It's like that snoo- like when you push the snooze button like I've I am a snoozer like yeah. for life and I always Team read snooze. these articles Team Snoozer mix snoozers. Yeah. And when I push the button thanks just brought that back. This guy uh, gets it. <laughs> when I 
I always read articles like, oh, how do you, I mean, you remember I was on the morning show. Like, that's a problem when you're working in the mornings. You can't Tell snooze. me about it. Right. Yeah. And they say, don't push the, sno- like, just don't set your alarm earlier if you're anticipating to snooze. Yeah. Aaron Donald yeah. is the antithesis of the snooze. Like, don't push the snooze. I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to go yeah. and I'm going to go hard. Yeah. I wish I could do, but I'm not Aaron Donald. Damn, Aaron Donald, the <laughs> anti-snooze. <laughs> I think that, uh, this just in. He Serena Morales is not Aaron Donald. <laughs> you thought you were listening to a podcast by Aaron McDonald. You were uh, wrong. Honestly, Aaron McDonald. I, the Rams should probably be happy that he never shows up. They can't get hurt that way. Yeah, Just show up for game true. one and ball out. We're good. Everybody wins. Is there anything you'd like to see from Sean McVay because he's going to be doing the the whole pregame ESPN. Look at me. I'm gonna do the cool coach thing. Showing up to the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, he's, he's got it. They've got to do the play sheet thing. From yeah. Him, right. Okay. You know, preseason game <laughs> in 1947. Well, I think we were in a spread formation. I right. You know, that's what's gonna happen. I was a future, future, future in my mother's womb. Yes. She wasn't born yet. I wasn't born. But yet. I was watching the game. But I was watching the game. Watching the game. Looking back through the sands of time as I gaze upon Mesopotamia and what eventually. <laughs> will become Mike Shanahan's zone-based offense. Moses' playbook on, yeah. the t- on the stone tablets. Yeah, fun fact. The initial the initial inspiration when for the I motion the offense. When of Pangea, which formed the right. continents, the that's NFL really... The was around for 100 years, but let's be real, guys. Yeah. It was around before, and I start... Like, yeah. Maybe well, Sean, Sean McVay started the NFL. He, he the could've... idea for the NFL was Sean McVay's before he was born. And you know we what? Know even, even if we don't go back to stories of Sean McVay from Mesopotamia, I want to hear some of the stories of him from Washington with, yeah. when he was around all of the guys that we're seeing now throughout there because I had a chance I ran into Matt LaFleur uh, last night and was talking to him Matt LaFleur? these guys yeah. talk right. so glowingly about one another <laughs> and I, I, it's fun seeing a bunch of young guys that were all together that all seem super bright but care so much about this all succeeding around the same time and all kind of trying to innovate in a league yeah. that's taking more from college. Like, to hear about what those guys were doing behind closed doors, because they're young, you know they were doing dumb stuff too. <laughs> Give me some of that. I don't think Sean was ever young. I think he was, he born, was born 32. 30- and he'll die 32. Yeah. I mean, wherever he is in his life spectrum, he's going to be 32. The hair will stay the same. Yes. The quaff gel. The beard thing. line will never move down no, never from that point. It grows up or down. It just Not stays. so much here or here, but right <laughs> Right here. Is there a moment where you go back and you're like, what was going on in Washington, D.C., where all of these genius football, you know, guys are, like, were they eating Chipotle? Like, what were they doing that really? Honestly, this is going to sound terrible. What I go through is... The problem was the guy running the show because yep. apparently he had everybody that was great and they didn't like any of them. Yeah. So look, look up. Ownership issues well, might be a, what I'm thinking. I of. mean, it's like those comments we heard from Carson Palmer today talking yeah. about the advice he would give Joe Burrow and the comments he said was this organization is not interested in winning Super Bowls if you wind up in Cincinnati. Like when you tend to see problems Go like get him, this. Joe. Yeah, but have a great time. <laughs> Skyline, <laughs> Skyline <laughs> Chili is awesome. Go get you some craters, ice cream. We got you on lock. I think he's that. already said he hates Skyline Chili, right? Oh, no. Hasn't Joe Burrow already said he hates Skyline Chili? I think that's already oh. out there. Didn't he, he just endeared himself to all the people in Louisiana. Winning over Ohio Town that's a few miles from yeah. yours should be a lot easier than this. <laughs> you you think. would think, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Bengals. Well, and it's kind of crazy because I do, you know, coming into the Rams and you've got this, like, situation of, like, less need. Cronky's like, all right, we're going to get the new stadium. There was this 
culture of winning. I don't know what is the key to that. Yeah. As we we're here at the Super Bowl, where you you know two teams have to one of them has to win something. Uh, is there something that you find interesting that stands out to you with the Rams when it comes to a winning culture versus other teams we've just talked about? Well, <laughs> the the interesting thing for me is the way they're going about the construct of the team. It is against conventional wisdom, and it has worked up until this season. The question then becomes, how does it? How do you do it going forward? I have all the confidence in the world in Les. I have all the confidence in the world with Sean, but they're going to have to be very nimble, for lack of a better term now. Do you think that if they... They kept go- like we. They went to the a playoff game or whatever. Yeah. That it it masked problems that Sean needed. Like, he, you know, he comes in winning record, makes a playoff. Oh, okay. Well, now we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe there were things that he needed help with. Yeah. And so it almost, in the long run, better for him that maybe the team didn't win. Yeah. Well, what we always say, winning is the ultimate deodorant. And sometimes when you <laughs> stop losing, you find out what stinks. Yeah. As Jerome Bettis once told me, it's one of the greatest lines ever. Uh, when you have to realize that maybe you might be the problem, wherever you goes, it smells like poo. It might just be you. <laughs> and so. well, and the interesting part about that is it's finding you know those. Pro- I think over the uh, course of the year, especially when the division being as good as it is, I always said when you got a set of pipes, if you're just tricking a little bit of water through, you might never find a leak. But when you play in a division like this, you're constantly flushing the pipes. Yeah. And so you can see where all of the deficiencies are in this. You can see an offensive line that's starting to get older that they turned over in the interior. But even a guy like Andrew Whitworth is starting to look like he's a little step slower. And that pains me to say as a huge fan of that guy. But when you've got Sean McVay at the helm, the thing that goes untalked about, I think, from a national spence when you got a guy reading off a call sheet from eight years ago is the leadership qualities. Like someone said, he's like a football genius Tony Robbins. Like you get him in front of the room and he's got this ability to command people. I remember Andrew Whitworth saying when McVay got the job, he would call him almost every day and just talk about anything but football. He invests in the person side of things and so many of these coaches and players I think understand if I'm going to work in such close proximity with someone for the entirety of the season and go through the stuff we got to go, like I, I need people I can trust you and I feel like, like are invested guy. in me yeah. around you and so that's why our show sucks so bad because I know <laughs> I can't trust Trey no as far chemistry. as I can throw him. There is none whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, that sort of sums up the entire issues with are the you, program. Are you guys stealing Andrew Whitworth? I feel like he's got such a good future. He is. Oh, by the way, decides. I ran into John Sullivan last night. He said to oh say hi. Oh my God, Flacco yeah. McFlocks. Yo, have you seen so him? He is Sexy good. cannot. <laughs> well, we all we all have relate. Obviously, he's an Notre Damer. He went to Greenwich High School. So, yeah. oh. and actually, he was in the same class as one of my nieces or nephews, which really was like you didn't have to tell me yeah. that. I thought I was still young and cool. I now hate you, John. <laughs> also, Sullivan. he looks older. John yes. Sullivan looks. The same age forever. He was born with this beard. He's, sort the, of he's this. a different Sean McVay on the yes. spectrum. He's always going to be 36 and slightly gray. And you know Sean what? Sean McVay is always going to be 32 and slightly young. Yes. He's now going to be 36 and sexy as hell now, though. And it was so thin. It was yeah. amazing. I, like I said, I met Sully for the first time at the Connecticut High School State Wrestling Open. I went there to watch with my dad when I was a kid. And of you know, he, then he's in Notre Dame. He's the guy that you watch. He's a great, a great high school wrestler. Yeah. And. You watch him all this time, and Sully was always big legs, big barrel body like that, just waltzing around. And I remember, I saw him. I ran into him this summer out in um, in uh, why am I blanking? Ack, Ace, uh, the airport. Where? What city? Blanking on this uh, state. You guys, you guys used to go there all the time. You and Jamie, the beach up uh, off the coast. Orange oh, County, Nantucket. Nantucket. Oh. 
Listen, every once Dear in a while. Dear God. Okay, I have to tell this story. He went to Nantucket for the first time this summer. What? And he was wearing crop tops. Like, oh, how yeah. do you not go to of Nantucket? We talked we, about yeah. this. Go- There's a whole billboard for you, buddy. Yeah. Exactly. We got a billboard. Crop we a- tops. We, we, we made this for crop you. T- I would say, thank you guys. Oh, you guys made me a crop top billboard, which I greatly appreciate. <laughs> but I saw John Sullivan. This is all the way back to the point of the story before my brain malfunctioned. I saw, I saw Sully there, and at that point, he's like, you know, don't tell anyone, but I'm, I'm probably, this is probably going to be it for me. I'm probably hanging him up. And he was already like 265 at that point. He looked good. He lost some weight. I didn't realize he had another speed to the fastball on this yeah, thing. He looks like phenomenal. 80, 80 plus pounds is what he told Insane. me last night. You will never get that two minutes of me sputtering into your podcast. I want in all your the time. He was like, you know, that beachy place, Nantucket. Ack. Yeah, Nantucket. Ack. Oh, were you thinking of me and Field Yates? You and, and Field, Field and, yeah, and Jamie. Our little, like, yeah, we are cool in this crew of Yeah, Nantucket. no, it was great. I just remember wondering where the hell my invite was. Let, yeah. l- let me tell you something. As someone that grew up in Fairfield County, Nantucket is fantastic. It's just gorgeous, darling. Um, what do we think about Demi Lovato singing the national anthem? Do, do you guys have prop bets on this? I, are we? I have no thoughts on that at all. I Thank you for just adding like, to the conversation. Honestly, Demi, cool. Just do it in under seven minutes. That's I, all I ever care about. I am about. excited. I always hammer the when it comes to the prop bet for the Super Bowl. I was Bowl like, I've got the, this guy here. Oh yeah, listen, I obviously the prop bet king. Oh, I mean, I, I I always when in doubt because you figure everyone's got butterflies for the Super Bowl on the field. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're getting a chance to sing the national anthem of the Super Bowl, you want to show out. You want to do a great job with it, which means more than likely you're going to flex in spots where maybe you needn't do it in the national anthem sure. that usually lends itself to the over i am always a fan of those okay you know tori holt by the way who is supposed to be inducted we're gonna lose trey i go have to go it. i love you all never change except your hair it freaks me out <laughs> oh and Mike apparently Trump. i have to go too all right well yeah. enjoy your life thank you for giving me a good prop bet to end appreciate you we're getting a hug on a podcast if you guys what an heard amazing the hug, bit of audio yes uh, for all those audio <laughs> listeners out there, let me just, just describe this for you. We just gave a hug. Right over right. It, and, it, it uh, was under seven minutes. <laughs> I, lo- I love you guys. <laughs> love you. Thank you for coming on the pod. Appreciate you, bud. Bye, friends. Go Talk work. to you soon. Go work. Go do your thing.